0: Welcome to Tech-Nado.
1: TechNado. Welcome back to TechNado. I'm your host Sophie. I've been out for a couple of weeks working on some other stuff, but I'm so glad to be back. I have missed this cuz this is like a, a highlight of my week. So, welcome back me, I
2: guess. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Never seen anybody welcome themselves <laughs> I back. I just it's,
1: you know, I have the skill set for it. And what a, and- a
2: sad rest of the week she must have. <laughs>
1: Look, you said it, not me.
2: <laughs> I do.
1: I look forward to it. And Don was out last week as well, but he is back. Welcome back, Don.
2: Yep, I was over in the uh, the United Kingdom. I had to I had to meet personally with King Charles, as as I do. You know, yeah. it was it was important. But uh, but I'm back in the U S. again, which I appreciate. Uh, back in the land of the free and ready to talk about all the tech screw ups <laughs> that happened while I was out of town. So they, which they were free to do. They were a ton. <laughs> that's yeah, true. <laughs> that's true.
1: And Daniel actually was here running the show last week. How did that go for you, Dan? Well,
0: it was interesting, to say the <laughs> least. Good times, though. Good times. Nobody ran away screaming or hair on fire. I believe we didn't get any uh, irate hate mail. Not that I heard of, anyway. So yeah, it was that.
2: like it was like Lord of the Flies. When I came back, there was a pig's head on a stake outside the door and ring piggy. <laughs> <laughs> There was a
1: there was some a pile of hate mail when I came back, but you yeah. can't read, so I didn't think it would matter anymore. No, no, so <laughs> reading,
0: reading is dumb. It's dumb. Uh.
1: We are gonna do things a little bit differently this week. Um, we are we do still have some some articles to go over. It seems like the the world is ending every week. <laughs> you know, we have articles that it's like I can't believe this is happening. Uh, usually we will do uh, some segments in the second half of TechNado. We're gonna switch things up a little bit. These first three articles are gonna be part of a segment called Don't so so. Do. Is that good? How, how would you rate yeah. that? 0 to 10.
0: I feel like you should have said, "We're welcome to the techne.do." Ah. Right. Lean okay. into it. And really.
1: You didn't do the Homer Simpson voice, so it doesn't
0: count. No. Yeah. So, I'm just giving you coaching advice. I didn't know I had like I
1: appreciate that. He's like a mentor. Get
0: into character.
1: Mentor- you don't have
0: the <laughs> imagination to take the ball, the the wonderful golden ball of goodness that I hand to you. And run with it, then that's on you.
1: Yeah, you should, you should be in marketing. What's that was, yeah. that was really convincing.
0: Yeah, he's like so, the next Martin Scorsese. Yeah, so we, that's sure. Right. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go with that. I'm thinking Stanley Kubrick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so anyway, like I said, we've got uh, this is going to be a triple header. We have three articles we're going to talk about in this segment. This first one comes from Tom's Hardware. It says botched ASUS. I hope I'm saying that right. Asus update kicks routers offline worldwide. Company apologizes. So there's a hypothesis as to what might have caused this, right? It sounds like maybe like a, a corrupt definition file or something. So what, what exactly happened here?
2: All right. Well, well, we have, we have advanced as a society to have the latest and greatest technology that is self-healing, that auto-updates, that does self-maintenance that we don't have to worry about. You configure your home router, you turn it on, and then you forget about it, and it just runs, right? Well... There can be some challenges with that, and we got a good chance to see that thanks to ASUS this week where they pushed an update, an automatic update, out to a series of routers that they have produced that uh, effectively caused a process in the background to run wild and run them out of disk space and memory. They don't have disk, right? They have flash memory. Sounds so. like a problem. Yeah, yeah. Fill flash, fill up the RAM, and then the device would go offline. And so all across the world users of these Asus routers would wake up in the morning having gone to bed with their network working just fine to wake up in the morning and find the network is down and not functioning and not know why, right? And and this really, to me, it highlights a challenge that we've got that on one hand, it's nice to not have to worry about our devices anymore. Like, all right, fine. I just, I plug this router in, this wireless access point and that's it. I don't have to deal with it anymore. Auto updates. But then when the auto updates screw it up like this, you end up in that that situation where you're like, well, do I turn off the automatic updates so they don't screw up anything and then expose myself to cybersecurity attacks? Or do I keep the the updates going, knowing they could be screwed up at any minute? Any minute, my week could be ruined by this random thing that a company does. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. But for all the users that were knocked offline, don't worry. Azus said they're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you see, they should have had better
0: spin doctors, Don. Because <laughs> if I'm on their marketing team... I'm like so here's what's up, right? Obesity's a real problem out there. We got to get people outside for like a hot minute. We're going to push this horrible update. It's going to crash stuff. It's going to get buck wild. But guess what? You got to go outside now cuz you can't get on the internet. Are you buying it? <laughs> that, yeah. that's, at the very that's, that's, least it would right.
1: distract from the initial problem and it would cause them a whole new like yeah problem yeah so so
0: i'm the bad guy here because i want people to be healthy is that how this works <laughs> right
2: <laughs> well i guess d- to be fair to asus i do actually like asus as a company in yeah. fact my, my laptop that i'm on right now is a <laughs> asus laptop which is still functioning yeah. as of the on beginning sale of the today. show. Call now. <laughs> by the end of the show we'll see how it's yeah, doing exactly but uh but what they said was we deeply apologize for any inconvenience this incident may have caused and are committed to preventing such an incident from happening again. Now,
0: Well, there you go, Don. What more do you want from these people? It
2: makes me wonder why they weren't uh, dedicated to this in the past. <laughs> like, in the past, <laughs> we didn't care about this at all, but now, now we, we do. We see. Yeah. We see the error. Yeah. This is a
1: real wake-up call for them. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. fact that they not only apologize, but apologize deeply, I mean, that, right. that to me is good enough. Do
0: They're you good. not trust their word, Don? Is this where we're, this is going?
2: No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, just making sure I understood. We're on the same page. <laughs> no, I, you know, as, a, as a person who supported IT environments for years and years, uh, there's nothing more frustrating than when you have an outage or downtime that's not your fault. It's, it's like... Um, it doesn't make you generate your resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just imagine you, you're, you're busting your butt. You're doing everything you can to have redundant access points and multiple ISPs and all these things. You have a stable, reliable network. And then your network goes down just randomly out of the blue, and you're the one who gets the call, not Asus, right? You're the you're the one that at three in the morning. Well, I, I need to be fair here. These are not corporate routers; these are home routers, oh, there you right? Go. So it's yeah. so it's it's your your wife, your teenage kid that's giving you a bunch of grief because the internet's down again.
0: Yeah, but uh, we we are it's a very large work from home population at this point now, so yeah, this is probably true. affecting people a lot more than it used to. Um, so I can see some some flashes of anger hitting uh, a, a person or two as they were unable to sink that work that they did so diligently put their hands to, and now they're you know yeah. at the doors of Aces with pitchforks and torches as
2: they should be. As they should be. You have to go all the way over to because right? Be like, we're
0: range. really sorry, <laughs> <laughs> deeply. Deeply. deeply, deeply. Oh, Roberts is down. Oh, <laughs> well, they set his body yeah. on
2: fire. Just, they're not playing. <laughs> Well, one positive to this is when, when Asus finally acknowledged the issue, they were able to fix it on their end so that in theory, all you had to do was reboot your router and the problem was fixed. But it took them three days to do that. And so some people were down for up to three days. Mm. And that that's a problem.
0: What do you feel about like – so obviously this comes from the fact that Asus is kind of like almost like your IT people. They are they're acting as if they are a part of your IT because they are the ones that are pushing updates yeah. and doing – Security and things of that nature and your hands are off of that stuff. Does this mean that those kind of conveniences are may not be worth as much as we had hoped that they would be or may or should should we have some onus on ourselves as users or whatever? Uh, of uh, needing to know about the equipment that we're putting in our homes and connecting to our things.
2: Well, I, I certainly don't have onus. I think I got vaccinated <laughs> for that. Uh, is <laughs> that. like lupus that in the 50s, something? didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would assume, and yeah. we all know what happens when you assume. You're right,
0: right 100% of the time, every
2: time. <laughs> that a company ASU size, if they're going to be pushing automatic updates, that they are... Testing those updates mm-hmm. under production type workloads, right? That they've simulated a home environment with this router and they test the update to, to see what happens. Uh, in this case, it makes it pretty obvious that they weren't properly testing these, at least not in a production workload. Well,
0: I'm wondering, like, how long did it take for the you know the the corrupt update to affect the device to where it went offline by the time from from the time it was downloaded and applied. Do we have a time frame before it actually like affected the device to where it went offline? Uh,
2: you know, they said that uh, I don't think they've acknowledged it yet. There okay. have been like some Reddit users that have yeah, reported yeah, yeah. different versions. So because
0: if it was like two or three days, they might have tested over a day even. Yeah. and went
2: everything seems working. Push it. And if it was an emergency push, maybe right. they there's they cut some they software corners. Update. I, right, right. I, I could see, there's see that. There's some I guess.
0: scenarios where things go down. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt when I can. Yeah, and then ban them <laughs> when they. <laughs> Just haphazardly put together some update and said, "Ship it." <laughs> no mercy. That's right. It's a great. It's a
1: great outlook to have, and it, it does say, like you said, it. If you reboot, then hopefully that fixes the problem. This is most users that should fix the problem, and if it doesn't, you have to do like factory reset, I guess. So. If you were a loved one has been affected by a worldwide Asus router outage, <laughs> yeah. you may be entitled to a deep apology. Yes, tag basically.
2: yourself safe. Do you yeah. suffer <laughs> do you suffer from moderate to severe Asus outage? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> really. we have, can,
0: can we like sepia tone? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> For just yeah. the cost
1: of a cup of coffee yeah. a day.
0: <laughs> Cue Sarah McLaughlin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you do, I personally don't use an Asus router, but if you do. Hopefully you didn't have this problem, and if you did, there's there's a fix for you. Yeah. Probably there's
2: a support group fine. in your are, area. <laughs> they are well reviewed. Like they have a very strong signal. They yep. do good wall penetration, so they're yeah. they're, they're respectable. And anyway, anyway, we don't want to have no path to forgiveness, right?
0: Yeah, right. We want to say okay, everybody makes mistakes. No, that's
2: the Cancelled. You are done. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh yes, I love watching you just crumble into shambles. <laughs>
1: And they weren't the only company this week that that was facing oh no. some some <laughs> issues. Like I said, we've got three of these, so that's that's definitely not all. Uh, this next article comes from Ars Technica. Sandisk Extreme SSDs keep abruptly failing. Firmware fix for only some promised. So it sounds like there's been issues with the two terabyte and four terabyte models. They've just been suddenly like wiping data or becoming unreadable. But they only address the issues with the four terabyte model. You They're remember like,
0: the the remember the web series Ask a Ninja. Yes. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, you you have no idea, right? It was. Su- what gave it away? This was back when the internet was fun. Yeah. And Ask a Ninja was fun. And, s- and people would write him questions and Ask a Ninja. And he would answer these questions as a ninja. And they were just very hysterical answers. And one was, Can I become a ninja or something like that? And his answer was, Absolutely positively, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what we're seeing here from SanDisk. Can you fix my drive? Absolutely positively, maybe. Yeah. If it's. If it meets certain criteria. (laughs) But
1: they they didn't even acknowledge. It's not even like they said, well, if it's a four terabyte model, yeah, here's a fix for it. If it's the two terabyte model, you're out of luck. They didn't even acknowledge that there were issues with the two terabyte, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, this is bizarre. Uh, Sandisk, very, very well known company. Another
0: respected
2: company. They they are a respected company. Uh, If you've bought SD cards or any kind of flash memory, Sandisk is a major player in that space. And Sandisk is owned by, who owns them? Is it Western Digital? I couldn't begin to tell you. I can't remember. I thought Something. Sandisk owned them. <laughs> yeah, it might be the other way around. Either way, they, they've been around. They've yeah. definitely Western got a name Digital in the industry. Is, uh, yeah. Western Digital yeah, owns you're them. Correct. Okay. Uh, Western Digital, who yeah, they've got their own challenges with their like cloud service that got hit by ransomware that's been down for weeks and weeks and weeks. Actually, it's months now. Yeah. It's not even measured in weeks anymore. Well, with Sandisk, they make these devices called Extreme SSDs. And if you haven't seen them, uh, they are. Uh, Fairly small M2 sized SSDs, I think like 2280s, kind of you know, the the smaller circuit board sized SSDs, not not the ones that are sized like a three and a half inch hard drive. These are are very small, like a thin deck of cards, I guess, would be a a good way to describe them. But uh, but but not as wide, right? No, yeah, I guess, yeah, they're,
0: they're almost like a Zippo lighter that's like a long Zippo lighter size, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, uh, really small form factor, and they come in, you know. Various sizes, two terabyte and four terabytes. What they're selling now. Obviously, they were smaller ones before, uh, but pretty fast for external storage because they're SSD based and you can plug them in USB 3 or they have USB C ones. So they're they're snazzy little devices. Very popular for backups, mm. right? You can hook one up, do a backup, unplug it. And now you got your offline backup, which everybody knows we need. But what's going on is people are finding that occasionally, when they safely disconnect the device following proper procedures and then reconnect it. The file system is corrupted, right? Not like one or two files, not like they lost a few rights. Yeah, whole (laughs) thing is corrupted. And sometimes they've been able to use third-party software to go in and repair the file system and recover it, but many times they can't. Everything on the disk is ruined. That's crazy,
0: right? Because normally, like, if something gets overwritten or deleted, quote-unquote, right, it's still recoverable a lot of times because... Doesn't actually overwrite the data, just marks it as writable, right? It marks those sectors yeah. as writable. So the fact that some rando ejection of your drive from your device and it goes, I am going to wipe this clean. It will be clean and you will have a new drive waiting for you. Your data was bad.
2: I didn't like it. Now, yep. enjoy. Yeah, and even even like in the really catastrophic stuff back in the old days when you would lose like your FAT thirty-two table or whatever, mm. you could just rewrite a blank table and all the files were still there. You just lost like the first letter of the file name, and that right. was it. But all the data was there. Forensics, uh, right. data this forensics sells, does that right.
0: file carving. Yeah, yeah.
2: But in this case, the way the SSDs are structured, once they get corrupted, that's it. Like that's the data crazy. is just destroyed, and. With a lot of us doing BitLocker or Lux or File Vault where you're encrypting things, even a little bit of corruption ruins the whole disk. So uh, a real big challenge, the SanDisk folks initially didn't acknowledge the problem. They assumed it was something the user did, but more and more reports started coming in. Step like, one,
0: blame the user.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's a fact. That's a, it's uh, kind of how it works. Have you rebooted your computer? Yeah. Have you stopped <laughs> being you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like Sophie pointed out, you know they 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 acknowledge the issue on the 4 terabyte ones and have pushed out a firmware update to allegedly fix this. They've not acknowledged the 2 terabyte one. And you know, it for me it highlights a bigger problem that I think I've mentioned on the show a few times is that we do software updates on our systems all the time, but people don't think about firmware updates on their hard drives, firmware updates on their sound card or video card. Like this is not something that people normally think about and here's an example of where if you have one of these disks you won't know there's a problem until, until all of a sudden your data's gone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It looks like they didn't really, and maybe it's just that nobody knows yet, but they, there was, like you said, no acknowledgement of whether the firmware fix is going to affect the two terabyte models. But they also didn't really address what the issue was in the first place or what was causing it. <laughs> and they didn't address, like, Exactly when the firmware fix was going to happen. There was no like, hey, give us a few days. Or like, it's just like, yeah, this will happen eventually. Just be patient.
2: It's the Jedi mind trick. They're doing a hand wave. Yeah. We have fixed the problem. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the corruption you're looking for. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: Honestly, you didn't even like that drive anyway. Just move on. Yeah. Quit yelling at me, please. You've already paid us for <laughs> the disk. What yeah. more do you want? <laughs> yes. Listen, I'll send you an inferior disk. And how's that sound?
1: You know, right now, a lot of it, it looks like, is just, like on Reddit, people just kind of hypothesizing what the issue might be or why SanDisk hasn't really been more forthcoming with stuff. You would think
0: it. that, like, so, A, users can jack their stuff up pretty good. I mean, never yeah. underestimate the ability of a user to mess things up. So there is that. So I get their idea of, like, well, let's make sure that that the corruption was done due to our problem. And, I mean, honestly, I think this is just, yeah could they respond better maybe that's that there's an argument that can be made in that case but i i have to put procedure in place for returns to be done for re, uh, re, uh, refunds or swapping of, of things I can't just be like yo dog my drive died it's a two terabyte one you know how those sucked so give me another one and i'm like oh yeah here, here you go you know, otherwise you got people out there punching their grandma and taking two terabyte drives that they got sitting on the thing, going, "Trade me, trade me, give me yeah. a refund, give me a yeah. refund." There has to be something in place that that verifies that that did actually get corrupted and it was due to the malfunction, and now we can issue you blank, blank, blank.
2: You know, this is one of the reasons I, on servers. I'm, I'm yeah. going to jump away from consumer stuff here, but uh, on servers, I used to always like buying HP servers as opposed to Dell. And one of the reasons was storage failures, hmm. that on a Dell, it wasn't uncommon for you to have, like, let's say you had a RAID array with 12 drives in it, right? And one drive fails, so you come in and there's the orange light, and so you you pop out the drive and you pop it back in, and now it's a green light, <laughs> and off it goes. And you're like, well, well, okay, now it's showing a green light, it's showing healthy, but I know something was wrong. Yeah, it's and, not wrong now. And if you <laughs> called up Dell, they would say, no, you got to wait for it to fail, and, and that was it. And so you knew it was a ticking time yeah. bomb and you said to suck it up. And with HP, if you got an orange light like that and you popped the drive out and popped it back in, that went green, you could still call them and they would send you a new drive. That was still a failure they, in there. Yeah. They didn't, drives. they didn't mess around. Like right. if you had a smart failure, like a smart warning, yeah. or if you had an orange light at any point, they'd send you a new drive.
0: And that's a great way to keep a loyal customer. Yeah. Honestly, because my data going
2: bye-bye. It's a big deal.
0: It's usually an unacceptable risk. I do not want that to go. And I I would assume that's probably the biggest complaint. It's like, yeah, drives fail. I understand that. But when I got something that's relatively new, that is supposed to be uh, from a trusted vendor and it, it craps the bed on me like this, not only craps the bed, but now it's rolling around in it. Like it's a two year old child. Who's just having a great time. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, no, I, 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 the data that I have on there, I put on there because I wanted to keep it.
2: I don't know. My what analogies kind of go off. Yeah, I don't know what I was <laughs> expecting. It wasn't that. I actually kind of toned it back. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I can sense there's, like, a real story behind this. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you... Ah!
1: This comes from personal experience. Ah. This is not, like, an idiomatic phrase.
2: Son, no! <laughs> uh, uh.
1: In In different words, it looks like there was somebody that from Ars Technica that basically said what you said, but without... Yeah. Without what the flowery
0: you said. language, yep. they said, uh, "Yeah,
1: good luck to Sandisk because put me off buying anything with their name on it for life." Right. Like they've basically written off Sandisk now.
2: Now, uh, and and you know that that may make sense. I mean, I think all the storage vendors have screwed up like this at some point or another. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know that it makes sense to just write off Sandisk. But right, um, well,
0: I want to see. Like I always want to give people a path of forgiveness. I want to see how they handle this. If they come back, they're like, "We have, we took that time because we wanted to be sure." That we had a good fix, a good strategy to re-earn your trust, that's acceptable, right? And then they give me a product, and they try to make it right, that's acceptable. Okay, strike one, that's cool. We all, we all, no one bats a thousand, right? So let's move on. But if this was my third strike with Sandisk at this point, I'd probably be telling them to go, yeah, pound sand, go roll around in a diaper, yeah, or that you by just the, said.
2: <laughs> yeah, here's a bid. And a bowl of chili. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, uh, interesting thing that I saw in the article, something I hadn't seen in a long time, was that the very last thing that the uh, Ars Technica author put in there was that it might be a good time to remind your users about the three-two-one backup rule. Do you guys know the three-two-one backup rule?
0: I, I I do know the three-two-one backup rule. Like as far as like you have. I, I can't but recite it right now, though. It's about it's about but why do you out? tell yeah. me what it is so that I know <laughs>
2: that you know yeah. There you go. So I, I hadn't heard this one in a long time. I hadn't even thought about the 3 to one rule in a long time. Uh, but the the basic tenet of it is that you should have three copies of your data. You should have your production, and then you should have two backups. Right. And those two backups should be on two different media types, and yeah. one of those should be off-site. So three copies... Two different media types, one offsite. That's the three, two, one rule. Gotcha. I never liked that rule. I always thought that rule was dumb. Uh, that I'm always a fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt like you should have your production and a local backup and an offsite backup. I never worried about diversifying the media type. Like you know, that, that's a that's a level of paranoia that goes, I think, too far. <laughs> Uh, I know it's me saying bridge that. bridge
0: too far for Don.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: you cross a line. How eventually. dare you try to tell me to stick this on DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> if it's, if
1: it's a remember, bridge too far for you guys, then it must really be too far.
0: What was that backup? That was it—the jukebox, the jukebox, the Microsoft jukebox, and it had like DVDs in it. You oh, put DVD writable as a robot. Yeah,
2: yeah. The I, I remember that. You remember um, that thing? Yeah, they were like worm drives where you yeah. write once and yeah, yeah. That was. Ancient it was technology. it was
0: like this box about that big about that wide and there were like these double like, double sided DVDs right and they looked like they were in like a plastic tray mm-hmm. you you just fill this thing up and it was and that goes in the writer now can we get down here put it away and then grab the next one
2: yeah it was, was kind of This neat
1: is though. this is what was it called
0: it's called the jukebox, I believe. Jukebox, jukebox.
2: Yeah, it was. It was made by a company, it was Cybernetics or somebody I like that know, that made it. Yeah. I, th- there have been all sorts of crazy backup solutions over the years. But between... we're going to make everybody use that from now on. <laughs> I, I've I've worked with tape robots that were yeah. uh, so large you could walk inside of them. Whoa! Uh, where yeah, I mean you'd have like a thousand tapes stacked up That's around you in a tapes. cylinder, and the robot arm would spin around and grab them and move them. Huh. Uh, I, w- I did some work for a company in Jacksonville that had two of them because because you know one might fail. <laughs> it was uh, I, I don't know if I want to name the company because yeah. <laughs> it was a public company. It was a oh uh, whatever. <laughs> <narrowed it laughs> what did yeah. they do? For dollars it. at work. Oh okay, so government. <laughs> That's what it was, yeah, government. Huh. Yeah, um, but but yeah. So you know, there's there's different solutions that are out there. I always thought three, two, one was a little aggressive. Yeah, and. Admittedly, in this case, the sand disk storage is again consumer level storage. True. So yeah. yeah,
1: that's fair. I guess uh, to be honest with you, it when you said extreme SSDs, I know what an SSD is. Okay, but you said extreme SSDs, and I'm thinking like SSD with a mohawk,
0: right? Yeah, Dr- <laughs>
2: drinks a lot <laughs> of <laughs> Mountain D- Dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the image that came into my head, and then it stayed there. So for you've
0: the never seen Harold and Kumar, and, and I was thinking extreme. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: haven't.
1: There's each every week. There's like a new seven <laughs> movies that get added to the list, and it just keeps piling up. Oh, I need to
2: start we'll get you there. We'll Today get you it's there. been Die Hard, all the Die Hard's, and all the Harold and Kamars. Yeah, I think is. And I, f- death. Yeah,
1: and, I don't know. Selfie Yeah. Oh, death there's,
2: wish. There's We yeah. did yeah. mention
0: Death Wish. <laughs> yeah. Five.
2: Five. There's five movies. Of them. Yeah. yeah. I'm,
1: I'm a little afraid to watch that one. But anyway, so getting back. <laughs> if to you've never f-
0: seen the uh, In Living Color sketch, make a death wish. <laughs> Instead of Make a Wish Foundation, Charles Bronson shows up. And he's like, "What do you want to do, kid?" <laughs> he's like, "I want to ride this, you know, crazy roller coaster." He's like, "He's too small." He's like, I, "He says it's too small. I can't ride it. Can can you get me on it?" He's like, "I'd like to see him try and stop you." <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a gun.
1: There's there's a new thing for me to fear every day. On.
2: Um, every day. So
1: so so there's also some scary stuff still going on here in the world of, t- of tech. You don't it's, a, it's a horrible segue, but I don't know how to redirect <laughs> from death wish to this. So to round out the three articles we've got for this for this segment, uh, this one comes from Bleeping Computer. HP rushes to fix bricked printers after faulty firmware update. So more firmware issues. Uh, once again. Seems uh, to be the real
0: issue this, this week, is huh?
1: Firmware <laughs> update released earlier this month has been bricking some HP printers. And it sounds like HP is now addressing this. I don't know how long it's been since the issue first <laughs>
0: up. They probably They're programmed there. this on purpose so that people had like an actual reason why the printer wasn't printing. <laughs> why does this son of a thing never work? PC <laughs> load letter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Where's that Louisville.
1: So I wonder, because like the last story we talked about and the one before that, there was always a little bit of time between this issue cropping up and then finally they release a statement, which I know it takes time to address this stuff. So I wonder how long it took HP to say something, because it looks like this update came out earlier this month.
2: So this one, uh, yeah, it, it's been up for a few weeks and it seems to be randomly affecting customers. Now, if you're not familiar with what's going on here, HP over the last few years has been pushing their online service pretty heavy. In fact, they even sell some printers where unless you sign up for their monthly subscription service, you cannot print. Uh, You you, get
0: a firmware problem. (laughs) Yeah, so you're
2: effectively renting your printer from HP, and you have to buy your ink from them, and it's really a sleazy business (laughs) that they're
0: in. They're right there next to you know check (laughs) cashing. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, there's a reason why HP Enterprise had to split off as a separate company, because the... The consumer faith in the brand of HP has just been going downhill, and,
0: and their predatory lending practices.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get the printer; it'll do payroll loans. It'll yeah. do <laughs> payday advance. <laughs> I think uh,
0: I'm glad we're laughing because we might be like pushing up on limits.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, there does come a limit, doesn't yeah, there? Yeah, it? Does. Yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You can donate plasma through <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> you can.
0: Man's got to do what a man's got to do, right? Except yeah. like
2: three different bodily fluids. <laughs> gonna have to make a statement like at the end of the episode oh, man. so that we're not liable for...
0: Nah, Ooh. screw it. We're all in yeah, this one. Yeah, we're That's right. Push the <laughs> chips in the middle. <laughs>
2: So um, so HP, they did something. <laughs> and, and it's causing their printers to effectively blue screen, kind of like the blue screen of death on a Windows machine. The uh, The difference here is that when the, the little LCD screen on the printer goes blue, it displays an error code. And if you turn the printer off and turn it back on, guess what? Error code's still there. This is a uh. true and royal bricking. Uh, once your printer is affected by this... HP does not have a fix for you. You literally have to send the printer back, or they have to send you a replacement, uh, and that's it. Like This is pretty much as bad as it gets for How remote How much trouble, trouble would
0: they get into is if they made, instead of getting a little blue screen, it just started printing a person with their middle finger up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've come close to doing that, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> the message is there. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They're saying, this is not printing my
2: print job anyway. <laughs> So yeah, this is uh, this is about as bad as it gets, and it, and it really, uh, I try and tell people that they're being too paranoid sometimes, right? But yeah. there are people who absolutely refuse to use remote managed services like this, yeah. and it's situations like what we're seeing this week that kind of kind of give them a good basis for their argument of I I'm not going to allow these devices to connect to the internet. In fact, if you took your HP printer and blocked it from connecting to the internet you'd be better off than all the people who didn't do that because your printer wouldn't be blue-screened like uh, this one. Billy
0: Bob's right got his tinfoil hat on right now going, I told you the government was going to do something.
2: <laughs> now, a- as I was going through picking articles for this week, there were tons of other things going on in the world, but these three jumped out at me, and an idea popped in my head, so I want to put this before oh, this, you guys. This ought to be fun. Somewhere, somewhere in this world, there is somebody who woke up and their internet was down. And oh, my like, goodness. Damn it, my right. internet is down. And then... I know where you're going with this. Their printer was blue screen. Yeah. And then... Their backup failed, and they looked, and their sand disk was corrupted. Somebody owns all That's three right. of these devices <laughs> yes, and got statistically, royally f this week. that has absolutely <laughs> occurred. Yes. Somewhere, somebody's having person, the worst
0: week ever. Contact us. We want to interview you. They're currently right? in their <laughs> panic room. Yes. We want to know what you were going through, what thoughts ran through your head when that happened. So if you are that person or you know that person, reach out to Don at... ACI learning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, come to our website at technado.com and yeah. Yeah, yeah. submit. Leave, mail. Exactly. We, <laughs> we need that story. Yeah. has gotten walled by like more than one of these at the same time. Hell, yeah. just say that it happened. I mean, there's no <laughs> there's way the we could tell.
1: Anything's right. possible. Uh, we don't lie. really
0: care to like verify. <laughs> but if you're really good at telling that story and spinning that yarn, come on with it.
2: That was it. I mean, so I was I was seeing each of these articles over a series of days, yeah. and I was thinking, man, it, it would be bad for any one of these to happen to you. Like super annoying because it's yeah. not your fault. Like you can be doing everything perfectly according to best practices, and any one of these three situations could have hit you. But imagine owning more than one of these devices and getting walloped all at once. Just what a a nightmare! Great way to become a luddite. All of a sudden, that that Amish thing is is looking like a good alternative. It's
1: kind of it's interesting how they kind of as we went through them, they seemed like they went up a little bit in severity. Like the first one, it's (laughs) at least there's there's like a fix for it, right? It says now these routers should be fully operational as far as the the ASUS stuff goes. You do a manual reboot, you should be okay. With the Sandisk stuff, it's like, well, there's a firmware update. Maybe coming eventually. 50, 50
0: it, shot. It might but you help lose you, your data. Yeah. But,
1: it, but it might not, depending on what you have. And you know, we don't have any more information for you. But there's maybe some hope. And then with the printers, it's like, yeah, we don't have a fix for you. Good this luck. <laughs> not even good luck. Just yeah. sucks for you. Like uh, there's yeah, you know, no. Melt, fix. melt it down <laughs> for the gold and platinum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You know, HP and Brother, the the two biggest uh, printer manufacturers. They have done so much to erode customer goodwill over the last five years. It's amazing. Like I can't.
0: What a marketing plan.
2: Yeah, I, I can't think of a way. I mean, maybe if they started funding an oppressive government or something. Like that's the only
0: way they could do worse. Oh, I can think of things. <laughs> I don't think you'll let me say them, but.
2: Well, yeah.
0: Standards and practices. Uh, dang it. <laughs> John keeps me on a short
2: leash. (laughs) It's
0: it's
1: always encouraging to to look at what's going on in tech and just see things like this, where like you said, you have no control over it. You could be doing everything right, and you could still get screwed by one of these things happening. And it sounds like these were not the only things. I'm sure there were other articles that we we didn't touch on. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. There were other ones, absolutely. Yep.
1: So hope you hope you enjoyed that triple header dough segment. I don't know if we'll be doing that again, but it was sure. certain certainly trick. was fun to kind of go through. I hope
2: that, not. I hope we don't do that again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll do a survey when, when before we come back. Some but,
0: people just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> Mike OK. Yeah, it's Mike OK. It's Mike okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that that is gonna wrap the uh, the tech news segment of our show. But don't go away. We are gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second with security news and hopefully a better michael cain impression so stay tuned for for more because yours was bad
0: look (laughs) (laughs) okay stay tuned
1: for for more technado tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development what if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible the answer to your woes is live online training from aci learning With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations—entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit Virtual Instructor-Led Training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back for more TechNado. We're going to get more into uh, some security news in this half of the show. We had a. Lovely, spirited discussion about DC Comics and Michael Caine. In the-
0: we're, we're lobbying. <laughs> so- we're, no, We're the, the real important issue was that we're lobbying for the Lobo movie to be made. Yeah. So if any of you out there have the power, make it happen. I don't know if there's a petition we need to sign or a change.org. Oh,
2: okay. yeah. It's a shame y'all couldn't. Yeah, I think discussion. it's not too late. They could do the Lobo paramilitary Christmas special oh. and have it in time for holiday season 2023.
0: We got to make this happen. <laughs> gentlemen?
2: Come on now
1: paramilitary christmas special
2: it's very funny it's lobo versus santa claus
1: i don't think i've ever heard those words in that order yeah. Turns out
2: santa can hold his own dude he's a magical character i mean come on so is lobo <laughs> right which is
0: what makes it awesome
1: i bet this is such a fun conversation if you know any of those words <laughs> it's actually what makes it
0: more fun is the fact that you don't exactly <laughs>
1: Hopefully, the, the articles we're going to talk about are not as hard for me to follow <laughs> as this conversation. Uh, th- we've got some... Uh, we talked a little bit about, like, in the first half of this show, some some dope moments where, like, it, it just seemed like things... There was no hope. Um, this first article, I'm hoping, is not what I think it is. <laughs> because this first article says... Uh, it's from HelpNet Security. It says, keypass flaw allows retrieval of master passwords. So... It just seems like password manager issues are contagious the past couple of months. How worried should KeePass users actually be about this?
2: You know, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. So let me give the overview and we'll get Daniel's feedback here in a second. If you're not familiar with KeePass, they are a free password manager, which is nice. Many people like them because you can run it entirely offline. Like you can manage your own vault and not have to rely on any third party service to store your data. So that makes it inherently more secure than some of the other ones. Although you could argue that if you manage the whole thing, you could screw it up easier, but it's hard to look at LastPass and think that's a valid uh, argument. So the thing here is uh, a security researcher found a flaw in KeyPass where if they monitored the RAM of a system, even after keypass had been closed, that they could potentially retrieve the master key or the the master password to unlock a keypass vault. Now, that sounds bad. If an attacker can get a hold of your master password, that's a, a problem. At the same time, the attacker would need to be able to have read access to the RAM on your system, which is usually an indicator that... Things have already gone way beyond your control, and the damage is already done. So from that perspective, I don't view this as a high-risk thing. I actually think it's pretty minor. Uh, but I, this is usually one that's a better question for Daniel, because I, am I right in thinking that like, if, if an attacker has access to what's in my RAM, it would be trivial for them to spin up a keylogger and just capture me typing my master password anyway, wouldn't it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
0: if, if, if they've already got, like, access to your system and they, they don't really need to necessarily go to RAM, I mean, you're probably doing other things anyway. Most likely you're working with a Windows operating system, but it could be Linux. Um, and therefore, a keylogger would do this well, a whole lot easier. Um, you know, dumping LSAS is another way to go around getting, getting passwords. Those are always fun. This does give you access to th- – this is kind of where it kind of splits off. So if I've got a password, you're probably reusing that password somewhere else. It's very common practice. So not only do I have a password to one thing, but I've probably got a password to a bunch of things. But then we start thinking about what key pass is and what it's used for. It gives me access to all my passwords. So that would be the only like amplification of the attack in, in my mind, like right off the out, out of jump street is that, okay, I probably don't use that password for everything, but now that I have pass- I have the password I need to open the vaults. I now have the password to everything, so that's why it would be important. But <clears throat> if you've already been hosed, well, you've already been hosed. That's
1: can't get much worse. Y- yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. I could is it a little bit more of a of a spoof? Oomph if you're doing good opsec where nothing has the same password, then yeah, they've got a little bit extra because now they can just open their key pass and and. Y- and see what all your other passwords are and dump those down as well. So yeah. that, that's where it kind of can jump up and, like I said, amplify a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if you've already got malware, it's it's a bad day at the beach.
2: Now, this one I did think was really interesting in the way that it worked. Now, the, the proof of concept is only for Windows. You, you mentioned Linux. Yeah. And they said that this may work on Linux and Mac, but the proof of concept so far is only for Windows. And it was because of the way that .NET handles some variables. Now, when I first heard about this, I thought, what kind of password manager would store your master password in RAM? That's madness. All of them. Right? (laughs) Like, it it just shouldn't happen. So the the ability for somebody to go and retrieve it from RAM should be impossible. That master password should really just be used to be able to generate the private key to to unlock and decrypt the vault to access things. So, Mm. you know, to actually have that master password stored in RAM seems like an egregious flaw. Well, in this case, KeePass doesn't store it in RAM. So... How does it work? Well, when you type in your master password into the password field, each time you type a letter, instead of displaying the letter on screen or, or number, or character, or whatever, you you don't want somebody shoulder surfing and looking at your password while you type it in. So with each character, it just displays a circle, right? I, I think LastPass shows an asterisk or whatever for each letter. So as you, you type it in, it's just in little circles. Well, it will display whatever your most recent character is. So if I'm on my third character, I would see two circles, and when I type B or whatever my third character is, I would see the letter B for a moment before it turns into a circle. And then you, you keep typing. So visually, you can tell if you type the right character, but somebody shoulder-surfing wouldn't be able to see that whole password. So that that's good. Well, apparently, it's the rendering of those circles that's the actual flaw here. And so... Two circles and a B would go into RAM, and then three circles and a A would go into RAM, and then four circles and an N would you know show up in, in whatever. I don't know what word I'm starting to spell yeah. here, but B A N yeah. is what I got so far. <laughs> I got to be careful. Don is uh, actually giving out his <laughs> real password. <laughs> so, no, not, not my password. Yeah, continue, Don. But, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> um, but either way, uh, it was interesting to see where this flaw came from because the the act of trying to prevent shoulder surfing is what's actually left them vulnerable to this attack. That's what I call ironic. Yeah. (laughs) Was that they could monitor this and basically in RAM get your entire master password except for the very first character. But from a brute uh, brute force perspective, like now you just have to brute force one character, which you can do practically instantly today. Yeah.
0: I mean, if it was like 2,000 different characters that you had to try, like you said, basically
2: instantaneous. Yep. So, uh, so a fairly big flaw.
0: Now, this was a this was a problem due to .NET, right? The way .NET works, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, it is on Windows, and this on is Windows. where they 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 say this may work on Mac and Linux. Yeah. which I find odd because, because I don't think KeePass depends on .NET. I, I leave uh, doubt it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. I'd have to see a proof of concept for those, but uh, but they are working on a fix for it. They're going to push that out if they haven't already. Uh, it's supposed to be in version 2.54 when not that comes out. Just language so that they can hedge their bets. And say some weirdo comes out and yeah. says, "I did it, in Linux." <laughs> I just i I don't think this is something to worry about. Like I, I don't use KeePass, but if I did, I wouldn't be worried about. Well, this. Well, I mean the the access you need to pull this
0: off, right? So all the I don't, you're probably getting ready to get into what it takes to actually make
2: this work. To read protected memory. Right. So you
0: need uh, a memory dump. You need a hibernation file. You need a page swap file, right? This is not stuff that's just like like laying around, you know, everybody has access to these things. Like like you said before, you've already got access into this thing if you have access to those things. Yep. Like deep access. So you probably want to look at how that happened first before – now if someone's got physical access to it, well there you go, and you didn't have it encrypted, you've got some operational security issues that you need to worry about. So there is that. If if you but getting back to like how do we fix this or how do we what do we do if we're worrying about this? Well, if, if those are the things that you need, change those things.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, if somebody has Physical access to your machine. Yeah. They could use one of those keyboard cables that's a key logger that you can't detect because it's in hardware. Yeah. And they'll get your master password sooner or later that way. Oh,
0: the one I got's got a a built-in access point. Oh. It it looks like a cable. Convenient. It looks like a cable. It has a (laughs) built-in access point. I just got to get close enough, connect to it with my phone, and then it shows me the data dump
2: of the uh, the the keystrokes that it logged. He'd he'd show it to you, but it's hooked up to my computer yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of busy.
0: It's kind of it's doing some. It's, it's yeah. doing its hair.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I I guess the the risk here is a little greater in that somebody could be remotely in your machine and do this. But I, I still I, I just don't think this is a high you, enough risk. Do you
0: think this article and even the, maybe this cl- disclosure? Not the disclosure isn't good, right? It's obvious. it's Got a CVE to it and everything. It's a legit thing. Yeah, that you should need you should worry about if you are using KeyPass. Good news is is that Mitigations are not difficult to do. Um, but do you think that this is just basically like clickbait security? Kind of stuff like, hey, password managers are a real problem. Look what happened at LastPass. And that was such a big thing. Yeah. Now it's like everybody's focusing in on password managers and looking for flaws because mm. it gets clicks, it gets
2: people's eyes on it. Have you ever heard Publisher Perish? Mm hmm. So in academia, mm-hmm. right, in the world of science, right. uh, scientists and PhDs and all that stuff, uh, if, if you want to make it in the university system as a professor and get tenure and all that, you have to be published in papers. Hmm. And if you're not regularly published, your your career won't move forward, right? Okay. And so they are incentivized to publish things. And that that's why we see these scientific papers that come out that are... Stupid, dubious. Yeah. I think is the, the <laughs> word you're supposed to use. You know, the uh, stupid, basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, because they're effectively, they need to keep publishing papers. It's not that they made some real discovery. They're it's just feeding just, the machine, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to make it big in the cybersecurity world right now, you want to get a CVE under your belt. You do, and so it doesn't. It doesn't matter how unlikely it is somebody could take advantage of it, but. If you get a CV, it's something you put on your resume. Mm. Now I didn't look up the severity on this one. Um, did it say? I, so I just tried to pull it up on the NIST website, and severity. it's got the the base score is N-A right now. <laughs> so they, they haven't assigned a score to it They haven't even calculated the score yet. Uh, which is odd. Well, I mean, I guess it did just come out, so maybe they haven't had time to assign a score. Oh, that, um, that does seem odd, though.
1: It's just interesting to me that that, how you were talking about how it stores those, like, leftover strings, it, is so this is just a key pass issue though because I feel like all password managers they have it where it like it pops up and it's the circles right yeah, when yeah, you were yeah. describing it I'm like yeah. oh, so basically anytime you p- type in a password whatever it seems like most places do that but storing the string like that that doesn't happen
2: well th- this is a .NET library right. so this, technically- w- this is .NET doing this not KeePass gotcha. okay. since
0: they are using .NET to build KeePass okay pass. I understand yeah.
1: gotcha.
2: And so any software that uses that .NET library would be vulnerable to this right. too. And okay. I, I'd be surprised if there weren't hundreds of other programs that do the same. Oh yeah. So it's
1: not yeah. just keep keypass is what we're focusing on here. Because right. the
2: the problem is is that because it's doing it for a keypass.
0: Right now, if I can retrieve that information, right. I have keys to something.
1: Hmm, okay. Yeah. this I guess it's a little. That's a little unnerving yeah. yeah yeah it maybe i'm just desensitized because we yeah. talk it's, about like easter issues every week yeah <laughs> if
2: if you're not a keypass user you don't care if you are a keypass user i wouldn't lose any sleep over this one it's no. just not it's not that big right. of a deal change
0: your password or master password right you can remove those uh, memory dumps and hibernation files you just delete them they'll recreate new ones and, and you're good yeah right so uh, restart your computer you're good to go there Apply you. the fix when it's available. I think it is for some of them, right?
2: Uh, it's for they working out soon it. if it's not yeah. out already. Actually, by by the time this podcast hits your uh, it's your it's ears, well, it's likely released. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Okay. That's good to know. You, know. you guys are breezy about it, so I'm breezy about it too, because you definitely know more about this yeah. than I do.
0: Turning computers off, go outside. Yeah, play with your kids. Your router's not working
1: anyway. What is yeah, it? yeah.
0: And all, all the data you had on your sand disk was got wiped. That's so. right.
2: <laughs> and you can't even print your resume. Yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot to mention that last segment. Like we used to always say, like yeah. no no failure in your network is a true problem unless the printer is out, because then you can't print your resume. Yeah. Like as long as you can still print your resume, you're fine. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> got a double hose because you can't even email it if you get your router down. Well,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. We've, this is this is an interesting episode. I'm like I'm enjoying the articles that, that we've got here. The
2: end
0: is nigh,
1: nice. and we, we haven't
2: even. It's it's all one big Charlie Fox Foxtrot yeah. this week, isn't it? Like everything here is just getting worse and worse. Yeah.
1: And this is we've got one next that has to do with the dark web. We haven't even gotten there yet.
2: Oh, oh. So t- let's do it to see what this cool. is all about.
1: This one comes from Tom's Hardware. It says, uh, "Dark Web Chat GPT Unleashed. Meet Dark Bert, which is just such a funny name. I think. And initially, I saw dark web. I'm I thinking
0: I of I like an evil Bert Nerney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I was thinking like Dogbert from the Dilbert. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, Darkbert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I don't know which one's right.
0: Darkbert.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Those are he's like hey Ernie,
0: to my <laughs> <paperclips>, <laughs> he <put> Ernie? <laughs> one swig of milk back in the refrigerator again <laughs>
1: <laughs> so initially I saw dark web and I thought it was something nefarious right but it looks like this is something law enforcement or security researchers could use to basically have them better understand like what's going on I guess in the dark web so it's not like a this is not a nefarious tool
2: right so, uh, it, it, it's hard to say. Like, th- these things are such a gray area, you can't just label it as this is a nefarious tool or not. Like, it's like a hammer, right? <laughs> a hammer. Uh, <laughs> these are my stupid analogies. A hammer. Well, no, go with could, it. <laughs> you could use a hammer to build a house. Right, Uh hammer in nails in the wood to build a house use it to beat
1: Ernie when he puts one swig of milk back, in the or range. you could use it
2: yeah. to shatter the window at a bank and go get rich it's right? true. It's a, <laughs> it's true. I like so, how she took it too, you know <laughs> murder, <laughs> yeah, straight to murder, yeah, so uh so this one uh, let, let's back up and go to a different question, sophie, ha, have you ever been on the dark web? No. <laughs>
1: Do I look like I've been on the dark web? No.
2: Well, you've worked here long enough. Seems like you.
1: I, I am afraid. <laughs> you've no. me get
2: on the dark web. I've yeah. watched
1: you do it, but that's because I can sit comfortably in the passenger seat and not risk doing anything wrong. So, no, I have not directly.
2: Daniel, you, you did the webinars with me, right? The, yep. the dark web one, two, and three. I don't
0: know. No. Was it you? I did not do those oh, with maybe you. Maybe it was Wes. Yeah, it wasn't me.
2: Yeah, I had like actual. Talent with me that time, yeah. um, so <laughs> I did a series hey. of webinars <laughs> that showed uh, you know what the dark web was and how to get on the dark web and how to create a hosted service in the dark web, like you know just to show people what it was. Like it's how, the internet, how it, how it worked. Yeah, you know, and because people have a fear of the dark web, and you shouldn't be afraid of it. Like it's just technology. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. But, that
0: was the that's what we used to just call the internet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but I mean it's just. Something is not in the search engines is really all it right. is. So, well, that's not
0: true, right? Because there's, there's, there's deep, web and, deep web, web and dark web, right? Yeah. So, there's deep web, which would be just stuff that's not really surface uh, stuff. Yeah. And there's dark web, which is, you know, yeah, murder so for hire, drugs for sale, that kind
2: of stuff. So, I showed how to bring up a service in the tour, you know, in right. the actual Onion network where it was completely obfuscated yeah. from the internet. The Don uh, sold a bunch
0: of illegal
2: substances. Well, <laughs> so, in in getting set up for that webinar, uh, I had to I had to stole some credit cards. Well, I, I, I didn't, not this time. <laughs> i I had a debate over, do I show it live? Do I like actually bring this service up during the the show? Or do I film the demonstrations ahead of time? Mm. And ultimately, I had to film the demonstrations ahead of time. And the main reason was, and this is gonna sound funny, but I couldn't bring up a dark web website with a reasonable degree of certainty that there wouldn't be a penis on the page. That's true. <laughs> so, it's a true story. I think, true you story. know, we we don't appreciate the content filtering that happens on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all the websites on the normal internet. Um, so, God, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, what Darkbert does, or Dark Removes or, all the penis pics. Well... <laughs> it gives you a safer way to explore like what's on the dark web. You can, you can interact with it to get an idea of what's out there without, without all the penis pics, Right. <laughs> I'm liking dark Burt more and more every day. <laughs> Italian, for how
1: many times you say that. Yeah. yeah.
2: I've already said it more times than I ever thought I would on this. Like podcast. you said, we pushed
0: our chips all <laughs> the way in on this episode. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah.
2: So, you know, it, it's probably if, if you're one of those people that's afraid to go on the dark web. that's probably for the better, right? Because there's really nothing but trouble that that's yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to buy drugs or human trafficking or stolen it's goods, like that's that's really yeah. what goes on. Back there. Back alley colonoscopies. Yeah. You know. yeah, 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 yeah. It's all there. Colonoscopy uh, <laughs> parts. <laughs> Gotta love them. It's a <laughs> burgeoning industry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so I see jingle bells
0: done. <laughs> <laughs> Colonoscopy farts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rat, rat, rat,
2: rat, Now, now we know uh, Daniel's backup plan in case this whole it. IT thing I got, I got YouTube
0: videos just waiting <laughs> to be released. His
1: <laughs> backup plan or his backed up plan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, see if you're over 40, there. ladies and gentlemen, just go get it done. Go get it
2: done. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so if you want to stay off the dark web, but at the same time, you want to benefit from the knowledge you could gain, like, are my credentials compromised on the dark web? Or what are the things that we could buy that are out there? You could go into Darkbert and, uh, you know, interact with it to find out on, on your behalf. So that's the point of this thing. It's an interesting usage of AI, ML, chat GBT, which is, you know, all the buzzwords right now. Yeah. I thought this was an interesting use. I agree.
1: I don't disagree. I'm still not gonna go on the dark web, but no. <laughs> I mean, for somebody that, like you said, is is wary about crossing
0: that line, you got a link for this thing, though? No. <sighs> that's not <laughs> saying I want to look up some videos, but uh. you know, can I, you I, demonstrate I, it live. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think they've got it held behind a uh, an invite wall right now, uh, uh, but it will be out soon. Cool. Oh, that's right. I remember. Uh, so that right now, they've published a paper on it where you can apply to gain access, but it's a PDF. I'm not gonna open a PDF from some. Oh, I did. I straight up <laughs> opened it. Did you, dude? It took like two minutes to open that PDF. Well, yeah, because it was, so was like, installing cool. the rootkit on your machine. Malware. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs>
0: Good thing I don't actually do anything on this computer.
2: It <laughs> no, literally doesn't yeah. do anything, like yeah. at all.
1: And I guess it remains to be seen because this is just like I think a week ago that that this they first published this, and so mm-hmm. it's relatively new. And these they they learn over time, right? Yeah. So. It, only time will tell, I guess, how effective this tool is or how useful yeah. it is. Yeah. Yep. But fun name at least. Yep. It's, it's I feel like DarkBert, Nothing against ChatGPT. I like saying DarkBert better. That's more fun, I think. Yeah. But nothing nothing against ChatGPT. Okay, cool. So a that's lot. it's a mouthful,
0: right? ChatGPT. ChatGPT.
1: GPT, yeah. chat ChatGPT. I want to call it something else. Yeah. Cipt or something. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a name. Um. Yeah. DarkBert rolls off the tongue a little better. But it, that's not as uh as scary, I guess, as I thought it would be. I read that headline and I was a little. A little wary. Going yeah,
2: it's a helpful tool. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a helpful tool. So this last one's not not anything to do with the dark web, um, but it is still interesting and still talks about a, I guess, a potential risk, cybersecurity risk. Comes from Cloud Pro, which actually is an affiliate of IT Pro. It looks like funny enough. Um, Different itpro.com IT pro. itpro.com, yeah. Different itpro, different itpro, not the same. Oh, so I can't don't... wait
0: till the trial. <laughs> <laughs> Chips are in, like that's you said. Right. Listen, Judge, you're gonna laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a CloudPro pro/itpro. We'll get back to you on that, yeah. Uh, but the article says, uh, it says, is this new dot zip top-level domain a cybersecurity risk? So, this is the top-level domain that's like a dot com or a dot net, right? And so, Google introduced a bunch of new ones at the beginning of May, and dot zip. And I think .mov were two of the ones that are presenting concern. Yep. Why is that?
2: So a, a few years ago, they opened up the system to introduce new TLDs. And if you were a company that had a ton of money, a.k.a. Amazon and Google, you could—I think it was 150 grand or something like that to— to basically initiate a new top-level domain. And at the time, Google grabbed like 50 or 60 of them. And Amazon did like another 20. And some of them have already entered general usage, like .museum, Hmm. .info. Actually, I think .info had been around a little while longer. Uh, But there are several other ones like that that are just longer than the standard three letters that we're used to. .museum pops out of my head. You you see that one around. well, there were several others that were registered but not opened up to the world yet that just opened up and some of them have raised some some eyebrows, raised some concerns. Uh, the one that's probably the most relevant is .zip zip. So I could register a domain called uh you know donpazet.zip. I got it. Don's hardware. <laughs> Don's hardware. <laughs> got to get it right now. Yeah, you got to get it right now. Uh, <laughs> Dot zip, and and so- This seems like not good. (laughs) It's just just a TLD, it's not a big deal, right? Right. But some security researchers are concerned that, hey, that's a standard file extension. When I go online and I download a file and it ends in dot zip, I'm expecting a binary that's an archive that contains data, right? Well, if it's a top level domain and it gains in popularity, people will stop recognizing that as a file extension and just think of it as a domain. And they might not notice when they're going to click on a link that the link is pointed to a an, an archive, a .zip, when they just think it's a domain that they're clicking on. And so the argument is that we shouldn't have TLDs that match file extensions. Like there shouldn't be a .php or .exe, a .com, oh, Wait, already got that one. Uh-huh. So, so I think the yeah, we've been falls doing this for a while. Quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we don't see binaries in the com so much anymore. You, you do we don't it in the... see it
0: because they hide the file extensions in Windows. Well, that's
2: true too, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, when I first saw the argument of people are going to think this is a file extension, I was like, wait a minute, .com, yeah. that, th- those were executables.
0: Long before it was ever a URL. Right, and TLD. Granted,
2: we don't have .exe, but yeah. if people aren't confusing .com, why is this an issue? So I, I, I think it's a non-starter. It's not a big deal. Daniel, opinion? Uh,
0: I feel it. Here's, here's what's up. Here's what's up. Y'all ready? I'm going to drop some truth all up on y'all. This is going to go. Everything we do is insecure. Everything we make to make, it to make it more secure is also insecure. So we close one door and we open a window, right? It's just, I don't know if you've noticed this as a trend, but it seems to be like, as the Mandalorian would say, this is the way. <laughs> so cool, we've done this .dot .zip thing because it's going to make these things so much easier. It's going to make life easier for X, Y, or Z reasons. And then someone comes right behind them and goes, no, that's going to be dangerous for X, Y, and Z reasons. And then we weigh the pros and cons based off of whether or not we like the convenience more than we hate the insecurity of it. And then we do said thing, and it just becomes life. And then 10 years from now, we all go, remember when we were all upset about being .dot .zip domains and it was crazy and everybody threw a fit and now it's just common life? Listen, typo squatting is already a thing. You just making .dot .zip, in my opinion, in one guy's opinion, I could be completely off base on this. Maybe we'll see massive waves of malware, and your grandma's getting her bank account cleaned out by horrible scammers because of this whole .dot .zip thing, right? But it, I don't know. Last time I checked on these interwebs, yeah, grandmas are still getting cleaned out pretty good. I was going to say, that's right? if it was going to happen, it was
1: going to happen. Yeah, right, yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying, man. So it's like, I'm kind of like on your camp with this, Don, like it... It might not be that big of a deal, although everything is already a big deal. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, so they, they, they grabbed a quote from security researcher Swift on security. Yeah. And uh, what they were saying was basically like, this just creates unnecessary confusion, and it's not needed, so why take the risk, right? But when I look at it, I just see it as... It's such a dumb thing. What does it matter?
0: Right. Well, I I would love to hear because I honestly I didn't get all the way through this article, so maybe they they mentioned it and I didn't say why coming out with these new TLDs? What was the purpose, especially the dot zip and dot MOV?
2: Yeah, so the the main thing was that uh, it wasn't specifically about like dot zip and mov. It okay. was that Dot com dot net dot org. It's such a filled up space. They're filled up, and yeah. And squatters have taken over a lot of what's available. So it's very hard to find a, a good domain yeah. these days. Okay. And so they they wanted to open up some new stuff. Now country codes have been getting eaten up. Yeah. That's why you see dot TV right, and, right, right. and those guys, even though you know dot io is super popular among Silicon Valley. Yeah. Well, dot IO is tied to what country is it? Shoot. I don't know. I should have I should have known that before I started Honestly, that argument. I had no idea that, that um, was a country that they were yeah. I just thought yeah. they had .io. Yeah, you know, so I used to get frustrated when people would post bitly links. They'd oh, use yeah. the bitly shorter cuz .ly is Libya <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, it's back to the future. The Libyans, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, do, do you want to? You just want to click on some random link, or you know, it's controlled by a foreign government right. that may not be the most trustworthy. I don't remember who dot io. This dot
1: io is nominally assigned to the British Indian Ocean Territory. So io, Indian Ocean. Okay. There you
2: go. There you go. So a, any two, uh, the the way the I was going to say interNIC, but it's not interNIC. Who is it? And that's all. Who, who defines the naming? Aaron. Is it Aaron? Yeah. That would make sense. Naming is the... Oh, anyhow. Right. Whoever it is that defines the rules. They basically said two letters in a TLD is always a country. Okay. So no matter what it looks like, and you know, when you see Bitly and you think it's just funny, it there's a country, L-Y, techne.do, <laughs> Dominican Republic. I went to their website and <laughs> registered the domain. Um and you know that that that's how those work. So they wanted to open it up, though, to where commercial entities, or really any I'm doing air quotes. here yeah. anybody with enough cash in their pocket, yeah, could create their own top level domain. And their thought was that Amazon might want to have dot Amazon, right. Because then they could make whatever they wanted and they could own it themselves, not allow other people to get dot Amazon. Domains and and so they could put all of their subdomains under that and have their own TLD structure. That was the idea. Well, the companies ran wild with it and they started picking domains like .zip and .mov and so on. So it was on. these different
0: organizations that were choosing these extensions. Yes. These. Okay, that is yep. where I was kind of missing the boat on that. I would like to pick their brain on oh, okay, what what led you to go .dot mm, zip seems good. Let's use dot zip. Was there what was the impetus to use my word of the day calendar? No.
2: <laughs> for a while there it was pretty pretty common for companies to use zip in their name. Like you had zip recruiter, oh, yeah. zip car, and uh, so maybe that's just like a holdover for zip them. guns. <laughs> zip zip <laughs> guns were really popular. Yeah, Big in the sixties. <laughs> so, you know, maybe maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. Zip ties.
1: That dot foo just looks so fun. So, foo
0: really. actually kind of has some like history Does with, it really? with the IT world. Foo bar. Yeah. It comes from foo bar. Oh, okay. Right? So, you'll always see in like coding examples foo equals this, then bar equals that. And it's a great way to just use some generic thing. Foo bar yeah. also has something to do I was going to say that. So, that's a military. <laughs> that's F U B A R, not. Gotcha. Different sp- uh, the
1: spelling's yeah. important. It's a that's, homophone, I guess. It's different, yeah. Okay. Okay. It just it looked funny. Keep yeah. an eye out for my new website, SophieGoodwin. Yeah. Foo. I just think that's then funny. The, then
0: there's the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Interesting. This is this is kind of. I just kind of. I hear you know. Dot com. Dot net. Dot gov. There's ones that are that are kind of common for people like me that it's just I'm just I'm not super involved in tech the way that you guys are. So. Mm-hmm this the fact that this isn't even a thing that they're releasing new ends to web to URLs i didn't realize that that was something that still was happening but now that you've explained it where it's like space is filling up yeah. it makes sense that you might need to do this at some point
2: now you know it used to be like let's say you came up with an idea for a new company mm-hmm. and you know, you wanted to, to to buy your top level domain or not not top level but you just wanted to buy a domain name mm-hmm. now, right Dot .com would be the first thing you'd go for Yeah. right that's sure, where, where you yeah. jump so you might want to get sophie.com mm-hmm. and then you'd worry like what about typo squatters and other people? And so maybe you'd buy sophie.net, sophie.org. You, you know, you'd buy these right. other extensions, well, or other TLDs. Now there's so many TLDs, it's not even worth doing anymore, right? Yeah. So I, I think that you know, you just buy the .dot com if it's available, yeah. and then you start moving and then down of course, the like line.
0: Domain fronting is the thing that uh, hackers used as well, because well, I'll just go through the CDN. And then all my URLs now come from Amazon. They come from Cloudflare. They come from wherever because they are basically hosting it. Yeah. Huh. So yeah. when people look at the URL and it goes, oh, you know, weird thing, weird thing, dot .amazon.co.uk, dot 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 .blah, blah, 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 dot, 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 And then way down the URL is there malware.exe or whatever. It, it, it's getting around it anyway. Like I yep. said, I don't think this really is a huge net add to the problem.
1: Okay. This is just. I feel like these. They was there was kind of a common theme. Like this appears to be something or a big problem or something with the key pass stuff. The, the dark dark bird. I thought that was going <laughs> to be like a, oh gosh the dark web. Uh. And with this, it seemed like oh gosh is this a big deal? And it kind of seems like you guys are saying like ah, it's not it's not as big of an issue as you might think.
2: It's the equivalent of clickbait for cybersecurity. There Daniel Daniel said it right. Oh yeah.
1: Demystifying clickbait yeah. one one technado at a time. That's so
2: great. the first half of our podcast this week. Was total screw ups <laughs> <laughs> by hardware manufacturers, and the second half was a uh, waste of time with cybersecurity. Yeah, <laughs> normally is. You're
1: demystifying the, the clickbait, that's good.
2: Demystifying, that yeah. sounds better.
0: It's, than a, total it's, a, it's a great service. Yeah. They you should make an article saying, Demystifying cybersecurity. Click here yeah. to learn more.
1: Clearing Number out the three, was
2: You won't shocking. believe, yeah. <laughs>
1: You're just clearing out the crap, like a colonoscopy. That's it. That's it. You're just <laughs> users in Florida, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: we do have. I have one more thing at least that I want to talk about. You're welcome to jump in if you want to. I guess, uh, but tech- <laughs> if you'd like to, I'm going to pay
0: attention this time because I messed this up horrible last week. Oh, did you? Yo, really? Yeah, I haven't
1: gotten a chance to watch it yet.
0: So, so uh, yeah. Well, I didn't. I say I messed it up. I was just like, oh yeah, we got marketing stuff. Let's talk uh, about that.
1: You, just gotta, you improvised. That's all you improvised. Oh, yeah. Why not? Okay, I'll have yeah. to go back and watch it so, I can, so yeah. I can make fun of you for it. But Technado is sponsored by... Pay attention. Sponsored by ACI Learning, which... Never uh, The... <laughs> 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 The people behind IT Pro. The so people if, behind
2: our paycheck. Uh,
0: yeah. If you're listening, For <laughs> at least this week.
1: I'm never, <laughs> never going to get through this thing. <laughs> making it impossible. If you're listening from the TechNado website, you can look for the Sponsored By button. And if you click on that, it will take you to the IT Pro website, not the one we just got the article from. Different website. If you want to support the podcast, check out those courses. You can use the promo code TechNado30 and get a discount on an IT Pro membership. You'll see our friendly faces there in you those courses. You might want to
0: push them to the careers page as well, because there're going <laughs> to be some <laughs> openings for <more> <laughs> t- <laughs> too much longer <laughs> somebody's standing outside the door <laughs> waiting yeah. for us to come just out just a minute we're almost <laughs> done <laughs>
1: If you want to support us in a different way, you can also watch ACI Learning's webinars and live on social events. We've got one coming up. It'll be the day that this episode comes out, uh, May 25th. That's Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself and Jerry Osher of Simply Cyber are going to be having a chat about cybersecurity analysts and all things cyber. So it's going to be fun. Not all things. That's Daniel's forte. We're going to cover some cyber things. Um, but it should be fun. It should be a good discussion. We did have an all things cybersecurity webinar last week uh, with Naomi Buckwalter and Daniel Lowry. So if you missed that. And you. you can- And me. Well, yeah, I was there. I was present. (laughs) I enjoyed it. Uh, But if you did miss that, you can go back and watch that. That's on their uh, ACI Learning's YouTube and LinkedIn pages. And ACI Learning is also at uh, the Association for Talent Development Conference, the ATD conference this week. They've got some folks out there in San Diego at booth 1918, I think. So if you're there, you can stop by and say hello to the folks that they have out there. I think that's going to do it for me. Daniel was not taking notes. So the next time he has to do this, he's going to horribly butcher it. And I'm going to laugh.
0: What happened? Exactly. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for watching, everyone. My, my time is valuable. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Well, if you guys have nothing else to add on that front, I'm going to go ahead and close it out if that's okay.
2: No, I did just verify that technado.zip is available. I might have to oh, read great. that, yeah, that okay. this evening. <laughs>
0: great. You'll know okay. whether or not If you Don want to be personally victimized
1: by Don Pezet, you can go yeah. to that link.
0: <laughs> Build a, like a Python web scraper and keep checking <laughs>
2: and see if it's available. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Technado if you lasted this long. And, uh, we'll, see. You. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time.